Welcome back to the Lash Base podcast. It is episode number 11 and today I am with Lash Base Amy and we are talking all about training. What makes training good? What makes training bad? What can we expect to see in the future and everything in between? Right, let's get started. Yes, welcome back to episode 11. We actually going to start off with a special announcement, aren't we Jamie? Yes, very exciting. Right. Um, sorry, I've got to move the microphone. We have just made an announcement on our Facebook page, and I think it's been a few days because we're recording this on a Thursday, so it's going to come out on Monday when you're listening to this now. But you've probably already seen we have at Lashbase a new head of education, and that is Ariane Angove. She is going to be in charge of well, all of our trainers, as we have nine now, including Ariane. So she'll be able to make sure that they know what's going on. Um, and we have a way that we can update manuals quicker. Um, we can implement new processes and we can even bring online courses, which is going to be one of the subjects of this podcast. So we're going to start and jump straight into the training debate and talk about how long is the right length of training? How long should it be? This is a subject that's brought up quite a lot, isn't it? How long it should be. I've got my opinions, but what's yours, Jamie? I, again, it really depends. I think it's a weird one. The UK and the US are completely different. And I think there's a lot of confusion because places like Instagram, it's it doesn't matter if you're from the US or the UK, we all talk to each other and we all see each other's work. Um, and all the trainers see what other trainers are up to as well. So there are arguments both ways. In the UK at the moment, most of the time it is a one day course that then requires case studies, for example. Whereas in the US, it's quite often a little bit different. They have two day courses that don't require case studies. So I think the confusion can come. Oh, there's also two day courses that do require case studies. Um, but I think the confusion comes on what comes after the course and what is actually taught on the course because in the US to be it's all different in different states which means that you need different licenses some don't even need licenses so these courses that you go on are more like advanced courses they're not actually foundation ones so if we talk specifically about UK foundation courses to start with so these are like when you don't know anything and you go and you want to do your classic uh, course or you've never done volume so you go and first take your volume course really how long should they be I, I like I like at the moment because of um, the speed of it for someone the amount of information that you have to learn I do like if a course is one day but basic that then follows on from that rather than um, two days for someone that is a complete beginner can be a little bit overwhelming um, we were even talking just before recording this. Could you do like a week long getaway in which that whole week yeah. every day is just like lash training? So my opinion is it completely depends on the type of training, the course that you are teaching. Um, but yeah, what's your opinion? I think I agree with you on that one. I, th I um, Yeah, I think it's it depends what is in the syllabus as well, isn't it? It depends what's taught over the course of the one, two or week long, week long course. It, it, yeah, that's what I think. It depends what's in it. And on that subject, do you think when it comes to foundation courses that there can be a bit of information overload on 
training. Yeah, definitely. I think this is something that we've been talking about at Lash Base. And I know many people have experienced the issue where you go on a training course as a complete beginner, not knowing anything, and you come away with too much information that you're trying to get taught. They're trying to squeeze in everything. But the problem I find with that, uh, again, on the flip side, the problem we've got is, for example, you go to a course and if they've tried to strip the course back to be like a basic beginner's course, just so you go away with the knowledge of exactly what you need to do, um, and then maybe they offer an advanced classic course, say, Mm -hmm. The problem is you'll go on to a Facebook forum or on Instagram and you'll see someone referencing something that you didn't get taught. And immediately you'll go, well, I didn't get taught that in my class. And then straight away, you'll either think you've had bad training or you'll think that you, yeah, it was bad training and it should have been taught you. But the problem is you could have, especially in the UK with the courses that are one day long, how on earth are you supposed to go through everything it's um, to get accreditation for courses, you must do all the health and safety stuff. So the health and safety section of a lash manual is often probably about a third of the manual mm-hmm. itself. And that has to be taught. So that's yeah. it. So there's a portion of your day done. You obviously are going to want to practice and get some hands on live model or whether that's on a mannequin or just get some tweezers and lashes in your hands. Um, and that really, as a beginner, is probably what most people want to do. So that should take up the majority of the day. So trying to then squeeze in going really into detail about um, adhesive and how that works, how it's affected by your environmental conditions, then to add in layering or mapping or um, all of the other sort of more slightly advanced techniques when it comes to classics that you already don't understand because you're brand new, then I don't see how you can squeeze it all in without it being complete information overload. But like I said, the problem comes when you've left your training and you see someone that's also done a classic course or also does classics, start talking about something that you weren't taught. You start then questioning the quality of your training. So to answer your question in a very long winded way, yes, (laughs) sunlight me to talk a lot. Um, Yes, I think there definitely can be information overload. How much is too much? I don't know. I think I let you in on a little bit of like breaking news that we're not actually going to be talking much about this until it's done. Um, And that is that Lashbase are working on updating their courses with Ariane, our new head of education. And we are going to try and strip back the foundation classic and then add in an advanced classic section, which will be more focused online learning. Um, So you can go away knowing the basics and making sure that you're ready to go and start practicing. And then in your own time, you'll be able to keep up and learn the more advanced stuff. So that's what's coming from Lashbase. Uh, But again, we can talk about that in the future and a little bit in a little bit. But we'll move on. I think if we talk next, because this all comes into it as well, when you're doing your courses, if you've got your one day course and then you've got your case studies, I want to talk a little bit about case studies. Good idea, Jamie. Let's talk about case studies. I knew you were going to ask about this. So I have a few questions for you. Okay, go for it. First one, should you be required to do case studies? If so, how many do you think the students should do? Okay, so 
I think if you're doing a day course, then yes, you should definitely have to do case studies, 100%. There is no way for a foundation course with the amount that you have to try and take in and learn that in one day you can pass a course. So I think courses that pass you in a day avoid how that's if you take your job seriously, that is. But case studies are absolutely vital um, to being able to prove that you could do the job. So that is my opinion. And I'm going to ask you the exact same question, Amy. Do you think that case studies should be required? And if so, how many? <laughs> <laughs> same again. I think I think the same as you. No, I'm only joking. I um, I think, yeah, case studies. Case studies? <laughs> <laughs> case studies should um be required for training um but i also do think that following on from feedback from case studies um that you should then come back to do kind of like a final assessment um to kind of prove yourself that's a big one actually yeah um and i think that we should actually talk about that in a second the first thing though when it comes to case studies that i didn't mention just then is let's just say a course says that you have to do three case studies or five case studies, whatever it happens to be, um, you should not be able to send three in in a row yeah. and then go, uh, yeah, Pointless. and say, there you go, that's all of my case studies done. The way, it, it, in my head anyway, it's got to work is you send one in, the trainer then looks and gives you feedback and says, look, your direction's slightly off, try this, try that. You then go away and if your next case study, number two comes in and the trainer can see that you've actually improved on your direction improved on exactly what they've said then that means that that one's a good one and then you can move forward with the next one so I don't think you should just send in three and then hope that that's fine and then you get the pass I, I think that it should be a little bit more back and forth with it yeah um, but when it comes to case studies and I'm only saying this because I know I know this to be true can you know what you're going to say can you cheat? Of course you can. We, and, we've had it before, haven't we? We've sussed someone out. Yeah, we had with them someone sending in their case studies for lash-based training. Um, and the picture itself looked really familiar that we thought we'd seen before. Yeah. Um, it didn't take much digging, did it? And we found uh, that it was just a, a lash artist on Instagram that they had taken the picture. No, they didn't know them or anything. They had just used it, sent it in to say, look, this is this is my work, can I pass? And I mm. think, one, you should, shouldn't be that type of lash artist. If you're looking to just get your certificate so that you can go out there and try and make some money, that you'll never succeed. I think it needs to be taken seriously. But, yeah, you're, the, the answer to that question that I asked, <laughs> <laughs> I asked myself answering it, yes, you can definitely cheat on case studies. Yeah, and I think the thing is, um, we don't know every single lash artist in the world. So people that are doing their case studies, they could cheat and then that's it. We, we've given them a qualification because we, we don't know that they've cheated. Yeah, and that's the thing. It is, this works is only a bad thing for everybody involved. So say you have to send in case studies and you decide you're going to cheat. And you, you manage to get it passed because, like Amy just said, we don't know everybody, so we're not going to spot every single one. All the trainers, anyway, marking them aren't going to spot all of them. That means that the trainer that's cheated will now be doing her clients a disservice because she won't be ready to be qualified. So the clients are going to be upset or or potentially in, in danger if you're not doing it correctly. Yeah. 
the lash artist is going to get a bad reputation because they're not ready to be out there earning money and past lash base or the training provider will get a bad reputation because people will see the work of someone that's not ready mm-hmm. and say and that person would be saying yes i trained with lash base so people would then be thinking well obviously the training provider is not very mm-hmm. good then if that's the case mm-hmm. and then before you know it everybody involved in that chain has had a negative Im- impact on them because yeah. somebody decided that they didn't want to have to go through the correct process yeah. which is why i think personally that after case studies are done, they should come back for an assessment day or afternoon or whatever, where they um, carry out a, a full treatment, a full lash treatment, um, and then they are given their certification after. I love that idea. Absolutely. I just think how many people would commit, and this is, again, if you're talking foundation yeah. classes, people, they, uh, the people taking, the students that are taking courses, they don't know anything at the time because they're new. They're brand yeah. new to the industry. So they've just come along. Most of the time, people assume that lashes are going to be quite easy. So you'll go there, you'll take your course and you'll go. Mm -hmm. Some people even travel for courses. So would somebody, and again, this is probably one of the biggest questions we want to ask during this episode, which um, please answer in either the Team Lash Base Facebook group or on our Instagrams pages. Um, And that is, if you've paid money and you've taken your course and then you've gone away and then you've done a couple of case studies, would you then travel back in to the training provider on a set date and do a live set in order to be signed off and pass? So that's a question. Would would you do that? I think I think it would it would mean that only people that are ready to pass would pass wouldn't it? Because they'd have to be seen, watched, done. It's quite high pressure. So I guess like a driving test, isn't it? Yeah. If you can pass a driving test, you're definitely all right for driving. Um, and likewise with lashes, if you can do a set of lashes in front of your trainer on a specific time and date, then you're definitely going to be ready to go into the world of lashes. So yeah, I'd love to know, or we'd both love to know your thoughts on that. Um, and that's all about the live training, which then moves us on to our next Um, section that we want to talk about and that is going to be online training yeah so there are some pros and cons to online training and we're going to just go through them right now with you jamie's going to start off with the pros i'll go for it okay right so online training there is loads of it around Uh, more of it is coming uh we will talk about the fact that should it be done for foundation or should it be only advanced stuff uh that's a big question but pros of online training and and this is some of the best parts about it is you get to learn at your own pace so you're not there on one day or a two-day course you 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 can have access to the learning materials and watching it over and over again until you do believe that you understand it you also get um and this is this is a funny one that you don't often think about but it's completely true if you're doing an online course you actually get a better view of the technique or the application than if you're in live training. If you're at a in-person training, you're often looking over the shoulder of someone or there's a group of people with you. You might not get that close-up look, whereas an online video, it's always made with a super close-up to show the exact technique that's being taught, which I think is a massive plus to online training. Um, and yeah, I've just said this before, uh, touched on it, you can always just go back to it. Even once you've passed, once you've passed or taken the course online, you have that there forever, or at least until the company decides to get rid of it. You could just go back, rewatch, relearn, and make sure that you did remember what you were taught. Unlike in live training, where you would have to 
refer back to the trainer and hope that they're there to come back to you with help online training means you've always got access to it so i'd say they're the three main pros for it um and which means i'll pass amy back to go through the cons of online training thank you jamie (laughs) always the negative one aren't i (laughs) Um, right so cons of online training well first off much like um case studies they can be cheated but again you are only cheating yourself if you do this um so we don't recommend it um um it should not be used for um foundation courses um that you know it, what, just you know, a, yeah. yeah just advanced courses i think if you're a complete beginner and you don't know anything about anything and you want to do lashes please do not take an online course you need that support you need someone there to help you and and answer your questions and make sure that you're doing it right advanced courses brilliant for online because you already know what you're doing so you can then just re-watch and just adjust as you go but yeah so definitely massive massive negative definitely do not take an online course that's a foundation course advanced and little special workshops definitely on um foundation stuff no way yeah you've just said it as well instant trainer feedback's not possible when you when you do an online course so you've got no one to help you if you're if you don't understand something or if you're practicing a technique or such like you're you're not going to have someone there to to help you so that's a massive con as well that you don't get that feedback yeah definitely completely agree with that so if we move on to something that is for online and for in-person training. And in in my opinion, this makes or breaks a trainer. I think you are either a good trainer or a bad trainer based on this next section, which is the after course support. So basically you take your course, you have it there for a day or two days, and then you leave. And then that's it. There are some trainers out there that will just leave you and you are there to fend for yourself and try and figure it all out without the help of someone you've got no one you might be able to send an email and get a reply within a week or so but you've got no group to go to you've got no one to speak to no one to just check that you're doing something right um and that for me is what makes a bad trainer what what makes a good trainer is and i think it's actually even more important than the course itself and that is the after course support so if you are a trainer It's being there for the student after they've left. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that if you've got like 20 students a week, every week, and it takes everybody on average two months to um, qualify, you're going to have a lot of people coming to you. But then that's your job to try and figure out how you can best manage and service and support all of the students. So I think if you can set up, and again, not to like blow our own trumpet at Lash Base, this is why... Yeah, it's what well, well, it was a massive focus because yeah. it, it means so much to me. We wanted to make sure that this was a huge part of lash based training, which is why we set up the um, online, the face, yeah, the Facebook yeah. group, student support. Every trainer is in that group and they will help and answer questions, regardless of if it's their student or not. Uh, so will so will we. Um, obviously, then you can contact them and us through Facebook, Instagram, any of the social media platforms, and. It's just if that's done right, then the student will feel well supported. They'll probably pass quicker. They'll learn more. um, And then that puts it and sheds a better light on the trainer themselves than if they just 
prefer to take the money, do the course on the day, send them on their way and then leave them to it. Because in the long run, because that's such short term mentality, Mm -hmm. I think in the long run, if you provide such good service and good support, it will only look good on you because you'll create amazing lash artists that people will then see and go, God, this person's good. Where did you train? And then they'll say, oh, well, so-and-so trained me. And straight there, and then and there, you'll get referrals, you'll get more students come in. Whereas if you give no support, the amount of people that we've had come to us and say, oh, I have done training, but the support afterwards was so poor, I don't feel like I remember or learned anything. So I'd like to take another course, yeah. um, which I think is absolutely unbelievable. So I... We, we sorry. Also, yeah, we also get a lot of questions, don't we, like over on social media. And we sometimes think, why aren't they going back to their trainers to ask these questions? Because they are questions that they could get, sorry, answers they could get from their trainers. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I think... Um, your trainer, if you have paid money and taken a course with them, they should always be there as your point of call to ask an, uh, any questions. Because some of the some of the questions are so simple to the trainer, they might be difficult, um, and that's why the student's asking. But a simple Instagram message to your trainer, you should be able to get a reply within a day or two maximum, um, and have your question answered. So yeah, I agree. We do we get questions daily, and we think. It's so sad that they, that student hasn't yeah. had the support from their trainer that we are we are where they have to get their answer from. Which, so. of course, we're happy. We're happy oh, to yeah, answer. Yeah. We, we love talking Always to people. Will, yeah. But um, it is sad that they can't go to their trainers. And some people even say that, don't they? Yeah. Some, some people uh, either feel intimidated yeah. or scared to go back to their trainer because they think it's silly, which, mm-hmm. again, that shows that the trainer hasn't hasn't maybe given the right viable compassion off to say look you can come to me no questions stupid it's they're all just questions you're a beginner of course you're going to have uh what you believe as easy questions um we also send out emails don't we about a week or so afterwards to let our students know that where where they can get help from if they need it um and that we're here for them all the time other other trainers don't yeah, they don't seem to, some of it. So I think, again, if you're looking for new training, definitely look in research for feedback or reviews on the after-course support because that is what will make – that will help your learning or it will mean that the course could end up being a bit of a waste of time for you. And if you're a trainer listening, make sure if you want to – become a very well-known well-respected trainer it's all about the aftercare support so that little rant over we'll move on now um we talked about online courses and foundation courses now let's talk about speciality lash courses so there are the industry evolves and it grows really quickly new techniques new um products are always being released but unfortunately like the training involved in that hasn't kept up as much so so, for example, the, the first one that I want to start on um, is going to be pre-made fans. At the moment, with pre-made fans, all you need is classic um, classic certification. You need to be qualified in classics. Um, theory behind it is that the application methods are often it is very similar to classic lashes, which means you should be fine to apply. However, the argument with pre-made fans, and we've touched on this in a previous podcast episode, is that they're still volume fans. You still need to understand weights. You still need to understand so much more than just application. So the argument is, you are should you either need volume certification to be able to do it, or should there be 
now these pre-made fans that are going to be here for a long while yeah. now, should there be like specific qualifications for pre-made fans? Now, I know some people have brought out their own pre-made courses, pre-made fan courses, but they're not like you don't have to do them before you can yeah. do uh, use pre-made fans. But my question is, should you have to? Should there be a change or will there be a change? Um because it's, it's such a strange yeah. one. I don't think it needs to be like a full day, especially if you're classic trained. Um, and I think you should be classic trained to do pre-maids. I don't think it should be just a course on its own. Um, but it could be be included in maybe a, an advanced classic course, potentially. That's a good idea. Or yeah. a foundation volume. I don't know. Yeah, where, 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 does, it where does it where, sit? Yeah, I know. Um, and then also going on to, I know this isn't really lash related, but... Brow lamination. It's oh, like the latest. Yeah, the latest. The Firstly, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. What is your opinion of brow lamination? Because I've, from our Instagram polls, we know how 50 50 it yeah. is. Is it just a trend that will go away, or do you like it and think it's here to stay? I'm unsure. It's one of those, like like you said, it's, we've done a poll, have we? Have we done a poll? Yeah. We have. Oh. You must have done the <laughs> I, poll. I think, I think it was me, yeah. Um, we know it's 50-50 at the moment. Myself, oh, oh, I have done um, done them myself to clients. Um, do I like it? I'm not sure. So diplomatic. I know what her answer is. I won't spoil it. No. No, I know. It's, it's such a difficult one. So I think it's because some of them that I see are so dramatic and I am i don't like them. But I think there's a yeah place for them. Some, some are all right, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we'll tell you what, we'll put this on our Instagram. Um, and in the and dancer in the team lash base, what you think of brow lamination? Good news is again another little um, breaking news for you. Lash base will be bringing out a brow lamination product and brow lamination mini courses because um, this is something we're talking about speciality courses here uh, with brow lamination. The products and technique used are almost identical to lash lifting. Correct. So, but you're working on different hair structures aren't you yeah but they're not the same so you do need to learn but do you do you need to go to a course could you do it online could it be done just with a little bit of paper that comes mm. with it because there are if you're or should you need to have lash lift qualifications mm. to be able to do it yeah. like what's where's that one going to sit it's such a new thing where do you sit that you can't or at the moment you've got brow lamination courses but again they're not like you speak to any of the um, governing accreditation bodies like ABT or the Guild, they don't at the moment like hold the power, do they, to Not say sure. this is what you have to do. So some some people are saying, yeah, if you've got lash lift, it's fine. Some people are saying, no, just crack on. Some yeah. people are saying take a specific course. So it's going to be interesting to see where the brow lamination trend goes yeah. and if it continues, how will training go or if it just fizzles out and we see no no extra change from now. So that'll move us on to our next point. Is there such thing as too much training? Yes. <laughs> yes, there is. Um, yeah, I guess if you don't implement what you've learned straight away, then it's a bit of a waste, isn't it? If you don't implement it into your your day-to-day -day lashing treatments or training, then yeah, it's a, it's a waste and if you did you need to do it? Yeah, well, there are. I know a lot of people that um, enjoy going on to, to loads of lash training, 
And the argument is your training is an investment into yourself and into your business. However, if you then don't, like you've just said, if you don't implement that, then that's a terrible investment, isn't it? You've paid money for something that you're not going to use. So you can just become someone that goes through a loop to believe that you're bettering yourself by going to training courses, but then you don't use what you're taught in your actual normal day-to-day lashing. Then it kind of, it's a bit like, don't waste your time with the courses, just try and get down to the actual lashing and implement what you've already learned. Um, but that's, I wanted to talk about this because there's a, I've got a question again to pose to anybody listening. Now, the term lash artist is what we're, everyone's called, aren't they? Like obviously, some say lash technician, most say lash artist. Now, the people, you're paying money to go to these courses and the people teaching these courses, especially the advanced stuff and, and the pretty cool stuff, they are the ones that have either borrowed bits from other places, but they've evolved a certain technique that they've created themselves. And then they're selling that to you to learn that. So does there ever come a point that you've taken enough training and you're experienced enough to be able to use the artist in you, you're a lash artist, to start using like your brain to understand you know about lashes you can then make little tweaks you can then come up with your own special twists on things Mm -hmm. which potentially then could even form your own little courses that other people will want to pay you to take on because if you're only going and taking other people's courses and then that's it that's all you use then are you an artist if you're just copying other techniques whereas if you are use use your brain you can use all the skills that you have and create something unique to you. Yes. Then you don't you don't need a course for that if you've good got point. that brain. Yeah, good point. Okay, so enough of that. We've only got a couple more bits to do because I know we're getting close to our time on this one. We want to talk about the cost of training next. So many arguments for this. Does training cost too much or is training too expensive? That's our next subject. Awesome. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> too much or too expensive jamie oh god what did you mean by that (laughs) right for those that don't know and you've probably gathered for a few of our episodes we start stop our recording um (laughs) to make sure we know what we're talking about so we've just that last section that you've had we're supposed to say is it too cheap or is it too expensive if i said it was too much or too expensive Anyway, Amy, back to you to talk about the subject of whether it is too cheap or too expensive. <laughs> well, beginners to the industry um, that don't know anything about um, lashes or who's who and what you get taught and what you don't get taught, will they pay a large amount if they don't know yeah. anything about it? To be honest. Are they, pr- are they price-led? I think they are. Yeah, definitely. People that know nothing about nothing in the industry, there's no way. I don't mean they know nothing about nothing. I mean the industry. Yeah. There's no way that they're going to understand who's who, understand why they're worth the money that they're charging, and they definitely will be price-led. They're coming into the industry. They probably assume that it's quite straightforward, so they're going to go with someone that seems good value for money, uh, which often means that lots of people, lots of trainers of foundation courses then compete on price we're getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper um, and it becomes a big problem when each course uh, the the trainers aren't making enough money to make it a viable business so i personally my belief is training is too cheap at the moment agreed but how that changes is another question um i guess everybody needs to be on board with the changes to 
change the price, don't they? Yeah, I, I just don't think you're ever going to get everyone no. to agree a certain price or whatever, like a, a certain like lowest price you're allowed to charge for trade. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, my opinion, what I think will happen, because uh, the, this is brilliant news for the industry, lashes are still not technically mainstream. It, we're still, the industry's in its infancy. It's still so young. And I think when it then, be, lashes become such a normal thing, which will be in hopefully a few years' time, the reviews, the feedback, um, everything will be readily available to people. And even the ones that don't know anything about the lash industry will have so much information available to them that I think that it won't necessarily be price-led in a few years when everybody knows more about what goes on in the industry. Absolutely, I agree with that. Um, now it brings us on to the future of lash training. What is the future going to bring us, Jamie? Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'll try and think. But we were talking about this before recording, and we we are aware that we're in a position um, that we get to see enough of what's going on in the industry to have a have an idea of where it's going and what we hope and think will be coming to the industry. So we've we found. Four different things. Number one is more of a, we're praying this comes, and that is more regulation. At the moment, everyone wants to be a trainer. To be a trainer, if you're still listening to this, let me just quickly tell you how to be or how to become a lash trainer. You need to gain your award in education and training level three, your AET level three. You can just Google it. There are online courses. For example, the Guild do an online course for three three four hundred pounds um and that's uh, all online training you do one course one teaching course via skype um and then that's it you pass you can be a trainer lots of other colleges and courses uh, in person places do offer exactly the same but that just shows how easy if you want to become a trainer take that course there you go done you're a trainer then your next steps would either be to um, train for a brand in which you can use their syllabus and their manuals and everything that they um, provide, or you can write your own and get them accredited by a, um, an accreditation body and then teach your own. So it's actually so easy, really, to become a trainer. And that is great, but it is also part of the problem because there are people that are becoming trainers that aren't necessarily ready, they're not experienced enough, or they're doing it because they see it as easy money rather than having a passion for actually teaching people. So yeah. I, I think sorry. also some people just aren't out for training either. Um, some people are just really, really good lash technicians or artists. Um, and I think they see the next step being a lash trainer, but actually you can niche um, your speciality, can't you? You don't necessarily have to become a trainer. Yeah, I totally agree. So I think in the future, there hopefully will come more regulation. So stricter tests to become a trainer um, and more uh, more rounded. I don't know how to explain it, but basically it needs to be a, a little tougher to become a trainer. And then the courses that are taught, I think, need to be more regulated. 100%. So that's number one, which is, like we said, we're more praying it rather than... Um, thinking it's definitely coming but this one is definitely coming um we believe and i've already spoke about it before earlier today um sorry in this podcast and that is that more online courses will be coming and they will be there to supplement the in-person training so everybody could do their in-person training 
and what will be coming is uh, almost like an online library of videos of so the, the student then can refer back to what was taught on the day, but they'll always have it there. It's a great way to continue that support. Like, again, I've really stressed about in earlier in this episode, but that is definitely going to come. You'll see more online courses coming. Um, and then we've got two more. And I think I'll pass you across to Amy to go through the next two. Um, yeah, so we discussed the brow lamination earlier and I said that um, it didn't necessarily need to be a full day, it could be a half day. Um, I think we're going to see more half day speciality courses as well in the future, um, starting probably with brow lamination. Or... Brow, yeah, brow lamination. Obviously, there's the pre-made courses. I think there'll be more of them. Yeah. The mega volume stuff that's come in, um, layering courses, you, you, like hybrid courses, you, you name it. Whatever. Just spe- speciality yeah, speciality ones. stuff. Yeah. They're definitely they're, they're brilliant. They're great fun because they can you can have small small classes uh, all come in one on lots of one on one time with a trainer that knows exactly what they're doing with that very specific thing. They can teach it to you, and then you've got um, a new technique that you've learned in just half a day because you've had that one on one time. Um, and then yeah, the last one. Um, poor training is going to get called out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So if you're in. A poor lash trainer, you're going to get called out, basically. <laughs> no, says, says Amy, yeah. <laughs> Amy's going to call you out. Maybe. Um, no, we ho- we hope this is coming again. Yeah, it's more of one, like, again, we mentioned it. When the industry becomes more mainstream, which slowly but surely it is, it means more information will be about more reviews uh, and lots more feedback. So it does mean that anybody that's giving bad training and just getting people in, taking the money and sending them on their way, that won't work for much longer. It will require good courses, uh, good um, syllabus and curriculum, good after-course support, um, and just the whole overall package. So price, it might not be as price-led as it is now for beginners especially. So I think that wraps up this episode. We've got one more uh, little teaser for you, and you will definitely already be aware of this. Uh, Black Friday is coming. <laughs> You'll know this. Yeah, it's funny. It's one of those where everybody in the industry that's uh, lash artist and and I guess trainers and stuff, very exciting because you can get loads of lash products at great prices. As a lash brand, it's like we're getting ready for war, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm ready for it to be over. (laughs) So we've got all of the deal. We've got some massive, massive deals lined up. All the warehouses getting stocked. We're preying on lashes and products coming in, so we have them in stock in time. Fingers crossed. We're all working all weekend as well, but yeah. So keep an eye out for that. We have some huge sales coming for Black Friday, but I think that is about it. So we're going to say goodbye now. And we'll see you next Monday for episode number twelve. Uh, don't forget join in on the Team Lash Base Facebook group and also on um, Instagram as well. So, yeah, follow me on Instagram at Lashbase underscore Jamie. And me at Lashbase underscore Amy. And, yeah, we will speak to you next week.